0: And now your host, making the case for the city he loves,
1: Attorney Arthur Idala. All right, we got to deal with some some controversy here. So I this is Arthur Idala. I just got on the air, and uh, I was running around all day. And as happens on some days when I'm caught up in the law, you know, Joni and Sam Bellino, you know, kind of take the 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 realm and, and the helm, I should say, and they 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 lay everything out going forward. Um, the, um, so I come in here and I find out from, um, Joan and Bellino that, um, they almost killed each other. So I know there's a lot of breaking news today, but I need to get to the bottom of this. Joan, what, what happened? Joan Pelz. My
2: mic is probably. Uh, no, it's right. on. Poor man. I'm driving him crazy. Cause I'm she trying to. She's out to there you go. I'm trying to get us some nice clips of Mayor Adams this week because he's been out the there speaking a lot. And, of course, we have Judge Leventhal in our office. Come say hello, Judge Leventhal. Jump on the microphone. I, I, we well, got to just interrupt uh, and have Judge Leventhal. Don't. Well,
1: you know what? Since, since I have you here, all kidding aside, you? Judge Leventhal, on my list is to talk about what happened yesterday in, in the Senate. Um because, but, 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 all right, now we're going to get to the serious part of the program. Sit down for one second, Judge. Um, so, and there's a big article, of course, you know, certain paper, uh, newspapers are making a big deal out of the fact that um, the governor did not stay in Albany and try to use her political clout to push through a vote um, on <clears throat> the judge who she wanted to lead the, the courts in the whole state.
3: <clears throat> so Judge Leventhal, tell us what happened yesterday. Well, this is what I really think happened.
1: No, <clears throat> oh, no, before what really happened, just tell us about the logistics of what took place. Okay. There was an initial- There, there, there was, was a lawsuit,
3: all right. What, ha- what had happened is that the Senate Judiciary Committee gave a full hearing, <clears throat> but not a fair hearing, and in my opinion, it's my opinion, Hoyleman, Segal, uh, and, 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 and others, except for maybe two or three Democrats and the Republicans, gave a very unfair hearing. They distorted his record. They, they did some terrible things to a very fine jurist, a able administrator, and a competent person, and who, who is not conservative, who's in the middle of the road. Now, what had happened now is that one of the Republicans, Palumbo, brought a lawsuit. And the Senate was saying, and, and Cousins was saying, oh, no, we have our Senate rules. But they were scared they were going to lose. So immediately, without telling anyone, without giving Judge LaSalle notice or telling anyone, she, she did a, a quick hearing. What do I who's, mean by who, hearing? Who's, he, who's she? Cousins. The, the Senate majority leader did a quick hearing. Now, why do I say it's a quick hearing and an unfair hearing? Usually at these hearings, you have people who testify on behalf or against someone. No one testified. Judge LaSalle wasn't even notified in advance that this he drove up himself because he's a man with principle and he sat and he drove from New York to Albany and he sat in the audience because um, he wanted them to look at him when they did this dastardly what I consider a dastardly uh, uh vote and what had happened? there were th- three senators missing, two of them were definitely going to vote for judge LaSalle so This was a quick thing. There was no witnesses called. And and believe me, all the witnesses, uh, Judge Lippman, other people were ready to testify uh, on his behalf at the judiciary hearing. They weren't there. So what had happened? She did this, uh, Cousins did this because she knew she was going to lose the lawsuit. Despite all the posturing about the Senate rules, how they were incorrect, she knew that they were in jeopardy. Now. Would it matter if Hochul was there? Probably not. But I have to tell you what I, now can I say what I think happened? First of all,
1: I want to give people just a little context. I do not have Judge Leventhal here speaking to you merely because he's my law partner. Before he was a judge, he was the law chairman of the Kings County Democratic Party. So he has been actively and intimately involved in politics from the time of his youth was a little while ago he's also run for office himself to become a judge um so he knows from that point from the political point of view he comes with that degree of credibility but then he also worked with Judge LaSalle and those people who have followed Judge Leventhal's career uh know that no one would ever call him a conservative in any stretch of the imagination uh, judge Leventhal is known as a very fair jurist. He was the first judge who was handpicked to rule over, uh, to preside over the uh, domestic violence court in the United States of America. Uh, and um, he is so upset about what happened to Judge LaSalle because it got into someone's craw, someone's brain somewhere, that Judge LaSalle is some unfair like, right-wing uh, ju- jurist, and that's just not true. So that's why... Judge Leventhal, and this, look, now you want to know how radio is made? I have here on the top of my list of, of serious things to discuss after we get through the Joni and Sambolino wars uh, about what happened to Judge LaSalle yesterday, and, and Judge Leventhal happened to walk in. So without further ado, Judge Leventhal, now you tell us. Now we know what happened logistically. What do I think happened? I think originally with the
3: all the Republicans, there were enough Democrats to vote him in. What I think happened politically, and maybe... Governor Hochul should have done this too. Maybe she should have said, "You're not getting your raise unless you put in Judge LaSalle." Instead, she gave them their raise before the vote on LaSalle. But what I think Cousins probably did, and I, I don't know this. This is my opinion, that people who were reluctant to vote against him, they would might have been told that that's what I would do if I were if I wanted a certain vote. Say so you're not going to be a committee chair. You're not going to be on certain committees that you want. She used the bully pulpit. To get the votes okay. against Judge LaSalle. Okay. Why? And I mean, That's Judge what LaSalle. I would have done. I can't okay. guarantee she did it. All that's right. my opinion. But
1: why? In other words, Judge LaSalle, where, where did the train go off the tracks with Judge LaSalle not being uh, an appropriate choice? Well, here's
3: what I think. Instead of attacking him and his decisions, for example, attacking the, uh, the uh, decision uh, saying that he's anti-abortion, that had nothing to do with abortion. It had to do with the subpoena uh, the uh, overbreadth of a subpoena. Never had anything to do with a woman's right to choose. Uh, the union case was not anti-union. So instead of attacking him and vilifying him, which which was absolutely dis- intellectually dishonest and a distortion of his record, they should have been honest. They would have said, we only want someone who's so liberal, that's who we want. No one who's ever a prosecutor, not even... Judge Sotomayor from the Supreme Court of the United States, who was a prosecutor, she would not be acceptable to us. No person who was a prosecutor should do that. Now, Janaris, I think he's a little bit of a hypocrite. Who's Janaris? Who's Janaris? He, he is on, on this uh, Judiciary Committee. He basically escorted Judge Singas onto the—, uh, Ma- it was, it was the DA of Nass- She made policy. She was the DA of Nassau County— and I'm not saying she shouldn't be on, but he basically shepherded her in, um, knowing she was a prosecutor. Knowing she was a prosecutor made policy, and now he because after he got what he wanted, he's saying,
1: "Oh no, look what they did! Why, why do you think he wanted singers there?"
3: Be- well, it, it's a, I think it's an ethnic connection, and I don't blame him. Oh, and she's right. very Greek. to The Greek. Yeah, thing, yeah, oh. and that's fine, and, and she's competent. But after doing that. For him to turn around and say we want a liberal, when he, he's a hypocrite. That's what, in my opinion. I'm not saying he is a hypocrite. It's my opinion. And, and, I, and I think that for him to turn around, now they're upset about everyone. What this is really all about, they're upset with Di Fiori. I'm upset with D. Fiori.
1: Uh-oh. Here we but go. They're
3: upset with D. Fiori. Who's and D. Fiori? Who, who's the D. Fiori? former chief judge of the state of New York. They're upset with her, and now they're taking it out on the whole judiciary. And Ho- and Hoylman Segal did a terrible thing when, when uh, Judge Rolando Acosta, a very fine judge of fine repute, who basically gave an opinion for the improvement of the judicial system and the judiciary. And he asked uh, Mr. Tembeckian who's head of the Judicial Conduct Commission, can a judge give an opinion about politics? And he says, "Well, he wasn't giving an opinion about politics; he was giving one about improving the judicial system." So he's he he doesn't want dissent. All the right, boyman Segal doesn't want dissent.
1: He's acting like a right wing
3: Republican in that respect.
1: At six p.m. on the AM dial, it's only on AM nine seventy that you get a show that is so deep deeply involved in in the politics of New York. Judge John Leventhal, thank you so much. I Uh, I appreciate it. No, no. I know, listen. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to come back. We're going to stay with a little politics today. We got Hank Shankoff coming up, and we're going to get to the bottom of the Bolino Joni Wars, so don't go away.
4: Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, LEAD, is the most rapidly growing drug and violence prevention charity in the United States. By using an evidence-based, tested and proven effective K-12 through curricula taught by law enforcement and educators, LEAD's school-based anti-drug and anti-violence program empowers children to make the right decisions about drugs, violence, alcohol, and bullying. The lead prevention curricula includes age-appropriate information about marijuana, opioids, prescription, and over-the-counter drugs. Last year, we lost over 70,000 of our family members, friends, and neighbors to drug-related deaths. You can make a difference. Donate today at LEADDrugs.org, 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 or follow us on Facebook at Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence.
1: So let's talk about our friends at Connors & Sullivan. I was lucky enough to see Mike Connors last week. He is such a gentleman. His wife, who I believe just celebrated a birthday, is, is a spectacular woman, Beth. We all love her. And if you love your family, you will make sure that they are taken care of and protected if you are unable to do so, whether it be because of illness or death. A will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health proxy, a living will, an estate plan overall needs to be done. And how do you do that? You sit down with one of the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan. Their goal is to always protect your rights, your interests, your family's rights, your family's interests. And you know why they know what they're doing? They have been doing this for 40 years. And because you're listening to the Idola Power Hour, because you're part of the 970 family, you can visit them for a no-obligation free consultation. Just call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, that's 718-238-6500, or visit their website at connersandsullivan.com and remember what they say, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all.
2: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com, tune in, iHeart,
5: Alexa, or odyssey.com.
1: The beat goes on. The beat Well, goes luckily on. the beat is still going on here at the uh, I, uh, law offices of Idala Pertrude and Cameras, but that's because there's harmony in the law firm. Now, in terms of the Idala Power Hour, my other entity, I'm a little nervous here. So, Joan, before we go to Hank Shankoff, who he knew my grandfather, Artie Idala, who was a boxing judge, I mean, if there's judging that needs to be done, if I got to call Hank in here, I mean, Sam Bellino, I mean, you're the one actually who said, I almost killed Joan today. <laughs> so, I mean, those were your words. I almost killed Joan today. Now, that's a little unsettling. I love Joan, and I don't want her to be killed. We're <laughs> and, like, and, but we're like brother and sister. We have a really bad fight, and then like a few minutes later, that's water under the bridge.
2: He goes, don't make it about
4: you, Joan.
1: Oh, uh-oh. And then, and then I say, Sam Bolino, how could you say such mean things about Joan? She's such a beautiful woman. <laughs> and then then she, uh, obviously, we've affected her self-esteem. She goes, I'm not beautiful. You call me Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> I mean that's just a joke. So oh it's my a joke. god! Yeah, what I a mean, day!
2: So you guys we better know. I, I was supposed to get you. I know, I know For part I of the day, and you I, promised, and then I know. you you yanked it
1: right away. I did. I I, I I was working. I apologize. Listen, our next guest, the great Hank Shenkov, who runs his own he talked firm, talked to
2: me today. Well,
1: yes, but he knows what it's like to be under the gun. Let's welcome to the Idola Power Hour one of the greatest political minds in the world, yes. Hank Shenkov. Hello, Hank. How are you, sir? Life's right the bowl of cherries, Arthur, what can I say? There you go. Just avoid those pits. Um so I, I, I right before you called in, uh my one of my partners, Judge John Leventhal who served with Judge LaSalle on the appellate division strolled in and just did a five minute uh, diatribe from a very personal point of view because he's quite fond of Judge LaSalle and really believes he got such a horrible rap, one that we haven't seen in over a hundred years. So from, from Hank's point of view, who's not a sitting judge, uh, you know, tell us what happened where a, a governor who was just elected. So she should be in her most powerful honeymoon period. Uh, can't choose uh, the the judge that she would like to run the state.
5: Well, look, there's a lot going on here. First of all, the anti-Latino bias that's uh, impacted New York politics for the last 50 years. I don't want to say how long I've been around, but it started in 1962 when Herman Badillo was denied the district leadership in East Harlem. And it followed from that point to the present moment. There is no Latino elected to major statewide office of consequence. I'm not talking about the lieutenant governor. I'm talking about governor, um, attorney general, controller, ever. New York City citywide office, never. Um, and now chief judge of the court of appeals. I mean, somebody must be kidding here. This is about power, and it's about the left-wing, progressive Democrats deciding how much longer the rest of us who are normal are going to stay in New York before we leave. That's what this is really about. And they're, they're winning the battle, and the governor is losing it. For those reasons, this is about power and who controls our lives.
1: And uh, all right, a couple of questions, Hank. Hypothetically, if uh, the the powerful Andrew Cuomo was the governor, uh, would this have happened to him?
5: Oh no, that a lot of this is just plain sexism. You know, they figure they got a woman who's a governor from Buffalo, which uh, the downstate guys think they're so much better, and they're beating the crap out of her. Plain English. This is going to go on for a while, and hopefully, she'll be able to even up some of the score when she determines uh, when she uses the power that she has in the budget to make it happen. But this is not good for New York, and it is not good for uh, for keeping people who pay taxes here, because people still, more people are going to leave. They won't say, "Well, it's because the judge was out." They're going to say, "You know, some's out of control. Some doesn't feel right." You know, we're going to become, if this continues, the largest. Uh, but we're going to have the largest number of second homes in the country. Because New York City will be the second home to the people that are leaving, and, well, and this is not a joke. This is- no,
1: I, and and I just left someone who uh, occupied a pretty high uh, perch in in City Hall, and he, he agrees with you very, very, very much. So, um, he mentioned the name of a one individual who moved out of the state of New Jersey, uh, and obviously, New Jersey's state budget is a lot a lot smaller than New York's budget. But when this individual moved out of the state of New Jersey, they had to redo their budget because he was paying so many hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes that they there was just this big hole. And, you know, you know, those crazy statistics, Hank Shinkoff, there's, I don't know, like three, three percent of New Yorkers pay, I don't know, 90 percent of the taxes uh, here. Cool. So we have to do everything we can to keep people here. And obviously a governor who picks someone to be the judge, the, uh, the chief judge of the state, who has a reputation of being an organized, fair, down the middle guy, and she can't get that done? That's that's scary for the common sense folks well, who we need in this city.
5: What they're looking for is not somebody who's down the line. They're looking for someone who's down their line. And it's a very dangerous set of circumstances. That we're going to now, we're going to. We really should go back to electing the chief judge and electing everybody, and stop this nonsense. So that at least the rational rationality of the voters will somehow succeed. You see, the problem here is that the state senate and the state um, the state assembly don't have to worry about anything. Why? They have bulletproof majorities. Nobody can take them out. But the, when people things go wrong in government, nobody looks and says, "I must vote and get the speaker out." Now they don't think that. They say I got to go get the governor. I'm going to go get the governor. I'm going to go get the mayor. The governor and the mayor are now both of them have become effectively uh, stepchildren of the legislature and the legislature will do whatever it wants whenever it wants and we're going to see things get really out of control. And these folks, this is worse than 75 in some ways. You know, these folks really think that people are going to stay here, have to stay here and they can do whatever they want as long as they as long as they can stay in power. And the legislature is going to stay in power as long as it wants. Why? Because you don't see many of them ever get unelected, right? So, doesn't happen.
1: No, I so, Hank, tell me. Speaking, let's stay on Albany. The mayor went to Albany yesterday to plead his case. What you know? What took place there, and did he come out empty-handed again? Is he going to be able to move the needle at all? What happened last
5: year when he went is that he was more direct. used language that was more direct, and he and he and he made it appear that he was an equal to them, which is a mistake. Because in this nutty relationship between New York City and New York State, the legislature really controls our destiny and has more to say about our future and our daily operations than anybody wants to understand. New York City may fund the operations of the state and may provide the economic force that keeps it going, but we have nothing to say about our destiny except the city council can act crazy and uh, and increase our local taxes on real estate. Beyond that, they have no power. Really, it's ridiculous. So but he went other, to Albany to try to, he said to them, hey, look, guys, we have a, tra- I'm, I wasn't there, but we have a budget crisis, we have a transit crisis, we have a crime crisis, we have a migrant crisis, the place is really in trouble, by the way, how do we get past this together? And they said, okay, just don't ever talk about bail reform. I mean, I'm being parenthetic and, right, and right. certainly, uh, you know, you know kind of metaphoric, but don't talk about bail reform, which is exactly what he did. So now that he's done what every mayor has done in the history of uh, of the world since I've been around. Collective begging as opposed to bargaining. Um, let's see what happens. But the city has real trouble and real financial trouble that this poor guy Adams inherited from that from the previous lunatic. I mean, you know, it's just it's terrible. Did
1: um, so he did bring up he did bring up some. He touched on bail reform, right? I mean, he didn't, I don't think he drove it home, but he did address it.
5: Well, the problem with the problem is that that bail reform is a very very. Um, it's kind of an insurmountable issue. Why? Because the legislature, you know, doesn't really care, and they're not going to change their opinion. We've now got, we've now got you know, record levels of crime rising tend to, not as bad as it was in the 70s, but we're, you know, 21% across the board is pretty pretty strong. We're down in homicides, but everything else is up, and we're, you know, and the subways are supposed to be safer, but nobody feels that way. So that being said, the legislature doesn't see, um, they see bail probably as a, uh, tension which is which is unconstitutional and they intend not to allow it to be used that way that being said they're not walking around the streets they're in cars we pay for in jobs that we pay for and offices that we pay for removed from the public overall so what do they know how the average joker
3: feels i
1: mean one of one of the very simple fixes for the bail reform is that you know they say oh the judges can't have to take dangerousness into account dangerousness into account okay let's say we're not going to get over that hurdle but what judges should definitely be able to take into account is warrant history. So if you've been arrested once before or twice before and they've let you out and then you didn't go back to court on those cases, well, what are you, you know, what? Uh, forgive me, what, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So if, uh, if you have two cases that you warranted on or the third one, you should be bail ineligible. Sorry, you yeah, had two different no. cases, you were able to come back twice, you didn't come back both times, now you got to go in. Right now, Hank, when I'm in court, people are warranting over and over. They get charged with a crime. They don't come back. They don't even send the warrant squad out. They tell the lawyer, the defense attorney, "Okay, go try to find them and see if you can come back in a month." Okay, it's well, never the well, way it was. Here's
5: really, well, here's what's really going to happen. What's really going to happen is the the continued disregard for the majesty of the law by the legislature and playing politics with the chief judge, and by the legislature for failing to allow some normalcy. and and the standard of what is bailable and what is not is going to result in two years down the road, there'll be 200,000 warrants outstanding. Rest assured that this is the scene that unfortunately and hopefully God will permit it is going to occur, that a deputy U.S. marshal, two New York City detectives, probably a city probation officer, and maybe one other kind of law enforcement official will go through a door to pick somebody up and someone will be dead. You go to sleep on that. Why? You can't have disorder and expect it to work out well. And you can't have people say the law is full of crap. That's
1: what they're doing. It doesn't work. All
5: this right. is um, going to be outrageous.
1: <clears throat> Hank, I know your time is valuable. Can can I do like two minutes of commercials and come back to you and talk to you about George Santos and a little bit more about what's going on in the city of New York? Or you, uh, you got to go one of your high-paid clients. Upset,
5: as, long as, as long as I'm not upsetting you with the things I'm saying,
1: that's fine. No. With me. Well, you are upsetting me with the things you're saying, but they're accurate. Am I? You're not speaking on it inaccurately. I want you to say everything is rosy here. So, don't go away. This is the i Power Hour. We have Hank Shankoff on. Uh, he has been around, um, I don't know, since uh, Muffin was a kitten, which is a long time. And uh, he's going to come back. We're going to do a quick little commercial. Blake Sam Bolin, are you okay? I'm good, man. How, how's your anger management? I'm fine. All right. All right. Little Wild Boys by Duran Duran in the background. I think they're coming to play around here soon. Don't go away. We're going to come right back with Hank Shankoff.
0: Never close
5: Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's Thursday. That means it's legal night on Radio Night Live, and some of the biggest cases we will be dissecting. We also have a special guest. So join Imran Ansari, Kevin McCullough, tonight at 7 on AM 970
4: The Answer
0: are you tired of helping put your kids shoes on they're squirming watching cartoons anything but helping luckily it's Skechers to the rescue introducing new hands-free sketchers slip-ins footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on you don't need to bend over you don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on and they're available in all types of sketchers styles with and without laces and most are machine washable find sketchers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store sketchers.com or wherever
1: stylish shoes are sold. So let's talk about the, uh, the new part of our family here. Well, they're not that new, but now that they've been in the office and I've hung out with them and I've seen them in the courthouse, they are really part of the family. The folks at Plaza College, you know I've been talking about court reporting, court reporting, court reporting. Well, you know, when you dig a little deeper into Plaza College, they've been around since 1916. And not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new school, you know what it is, the School of Nursing. We all love nurses. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just sixteen months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus, and within the best hotel hotel listen to me and the best hospital system in New York City. Although you know, some really, really, really nice hospitals kind of are like hotels. I'm sure, like where Beyonce had her kid. That, that was probably like a hotel. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A,
4: College.edu. Dennis Prager here. Visit the Holy Land with me and inspiration, cruises and tours. No other trip will be like it. The Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit standwithisraeltour.com.
2: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa or odyssey.com.
6: for you
0: we return now with lifetime new yorker and legal analyst attorney arthur idala and the arthur idala power hour
1: the jam baby town called malice 1982 this song by the jam number one of the uk singles and precious Their third number one spent three weeks at the top of the charts. They are, uh, although, simply I did not see any of the albums by the jam in your 501 Greatest uh, Uh, Albums book.
0: I I think that's an oversight.
1: Yeah, they were a couple of oversights. Um, I did uh, hand that book over to your uh, buddy, Luca Idala, uh, yesterday morning, and said, Luca, this is something, you got to go through this and and memorize it. Let's get back to Hank Shankoff as I have... uh, you got a lot of fans out there, uh, Hank. I'm getting texts. Dominic Emrecchia Jr. texting me about you. Uh, the district leader, Joe Bova, texting me about you. Everybody seems to think uh, you know what you're talking about. I, I mean, why do you think, Hank? I mean, you, it's only been 50-plus years you're doing this. You fi- you're finally figuring it out?
5: Well, you look, uh, I mean, I've, I've fooled so many people for so long, you know. Look, I've, worked I, I live- in, 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 I've worked in 16 foreign countries, 44 American states. I've worked for president. I've worked for mayors, governors congressmen, all kinds of people all over the country, all over the world. I just, and I love New York, and I could have lived any place, and I chose to stay here. And and uh, what I see happening is not necessarily reversible. And that guys running this place think it is, but they don't get it. They just don't see well, it. Here, uh, you well, know.
1: here's a little curveball, Hank Shankov that was thrown to this morning when I heard Mayor Adams has, like, some proposal out there. I don't know the details That's going to allow certain city workers to work remotely at some period of time.
5: Well, look, it's an argument, if, you know, when we were younger, and you're younger than I, but when we were younger. And you said, uh, you know, you're on the you're on the city payroll. And you don't have to go to work. People would say, what a great day. I'm not coming back for years. You know what I mean? They just disappear, and You never see them again. That was a different world. Um, is it good that people don't have to sign in somewhere or do, how do you make them sign in or how do you make them appreciate the dollar that they're getting or the buck that they don't have to go someplace to do it? Not necessarily a great thing. Um, not necessarily a great thing.
1: You know? Well, I um, overall, you know, I the Siena College poll did a, did a uh, um, poll about the mayor. Uh, they did, I don't know if it was ABC or CBS, local news. They did a, a man on the street kind of thing, talking to people, asking to grade the mayor. And, you know, his grades were mediocre. Uh, is it that Adams isn't doing a good enough job or is it the media perception is not as positive as it should be? Uh, should he be doing things differently? Hank, you've advised, I don't know, without exaggeration, seven mayors, eight mayors. Maybe you just threw up that stat and I didn't hear it. Um, but, you know, what what should Eric Adams be doing differently? Number one, from a substantive t- p- point of view to make the city better, but also from a perception point of view.
5: Perception point of view starts, you know, you can get away with no substance if you have, and Eric Adams has substance if you have uh, perception perception is starting to fall apart because he talks about getting things done but average people aren't feeling that things are getting done. He blames the media for somehow filtering the message of what he's getting done, but that's not necessarily true and he says he's got to communicate directly with the people. He's in a jackpot position. he's got he's got money problems that he didn't create, he's got infrastructure problems that he didn't create. he's got crime problems that he didn't create. he's inherited all of this and once the system starts things in motion, it is very difficult to undirect them. It is absolutely impossible in some cases. He needs money. That's the first thing. So what is he going to do? He's got to solve the crime battle no matter what. And, And asking the legislature to change the bail reform list is not necessarily going to hold water, although he may have an accurate position. I don't know about that yet. But it's not necessarily going to hold water with the public. What does he do demonstrably that makes the public feel the place is improving? Getting the streets clean would be a good idea changing the leadership of uh, at at whatever the transportation department is called these days, to put somebody in there who actually knows how to stop people from getting killed in the street, Um, and restoring integrity. No, restoring the pride that New Yorkers once had in the police department. Um, How do you do that? You pay cops properly. Um, I mean, the two two young police officers that were murdered in the 3-2 precinct last year um, were paying, paid what, $41,000 a year? Listen, I mean, is um, someone um, kidding? In he, Nassau County, I think the opener is 65. I mean, you must be kidding me.
1: I say that Someone's all the time. one to restore hey. faith
5: in this town and in our institutions. That's the job that the mayor should be taking on immediately because he can't solve the money problems and he can't solve the other problems the state is holding them up for. Him.
1: So I'm, I'm sitting in my office on 45th and 5th. I'm looking at the office building across the street, and I can see I'm on the 6th floor. I can see the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th floor. They're all vacant right now. I'm looking right through them, right. Uh, both the governor and the mayor are talking about taking some of this midtown real estate and t- turning it into housing. Some of it affordable housing, some of it regular housing. Is that a viable option? Considering there's not one supermarket around here, there's no childcare around here, there's no schooling r- around here. Uh, is that something you gonna, you're going to you're going to make uh, grand, the area between Grand Central and Times Square? Uh, you know a new neighborhood for people to live in
5: um hard to see how it works unfortunately if you look at other downtowns around the country houston i've worked there i mean you know you look at uh, los angeles also attempts were made to turn the downtown to 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 uh, somehow refurbish and re redefine the whole downtown experience why should people open up anything in downtown The the uh why should i mean you know why should they Unless there's a general sense that the overall entity is going to survive and thrive and that the individual sectors that make it work are, are somehow working. You know, they like the theater business, the entertainment business. If I were doing this stuff, I'd open an entertainment center. I'd open up a jazz center. I do, you know, I'd create a 10 block radius of the jazz center. I don't know, we come up with different ideas that turn this into, a, into an entertainment place or something place, again, rather than an empty place where people are leaving because they're afraid to stay and they can't afford to.
1: All right. Well, you you just made me feel good because I've had a couple of meetings uh, about uh, making sure that the Friars Club is alive and well here in the city of New York to provide entertainment. Um, Let's just switch. Well, I still have Hank Shankoff, the luxury of Hank Shankoff here um, to national politics real quick. What does Hank Shankoff say about Congressman George Santos?
5: He's my favorite, I have to say, because he's the embodiment of everything that's wrong in our politics. Um, he's the embodiment of a bad campaign run by his opponent who should have done the opposition research, which is case one, but presumed that he couldn't lose because it was a democratic year because of abortion. Absolutely dumb. The issue was crime in Long Island, not abortion. That's number one. Number two, I love him because he's an absolute liar because he's used the system to make it work for him exactly like we've made this into. We have created a permanent political class of people who have never put a callus on their hand. Who somehow thinks unions and PACs are, are well, particularly unions, which I resent greatly, are nothing more than check writing machines and that somehow this is all okay. Well, you know, off with all their heads as far as I'm concerned. And George Santos is the exemplar of why this whole system has to change. Because if anybody thinks he's the first of his kind to be or in the pa- to be in the future or in the past, they are deluding themselves. Deluding right. themselves.
1: I only have two minutes left. Nikki Haley announced that she is running for president of the United States. Uh, You know, she's going to be running as a Republican. Trump's already Mm -hmm. on the attack. What does Hank Shankoff have to say about Nikki Haley running for president of the United States? I said
5: it last week on Bill Ritter's Channel 7 uh, Up Close, you know, program, which is really simple. Nikki Haley ought to save her money and buy a house.
1: (laughs) Okay. There you go, folks. Here, you get it on bill Ritter and you get it on the Idola power hour I want to thank you so much Hank i uh i will I be seeing you I just got the uh, invitation for the inner circle dinner which is always uh which is always a fun night uh will you be in attendance this year Hank
5: yeah, maybe we'll see but you know somebody of, I used I, I I never joined the friars I belong to another club but uh, I hope you get keep it open and I hope that great things happen for the many wonderful people who have spent their time in that place making a lot of people very happy How's that? yeah
1: well that is the plan I'm, i am working on it it is front and center all right i'm gonna let you go hank thank you so much for being here tonight I, I, obviously not only did i enjoy you but a bunch of our listeners who are uh, texting me and emailing me talking about how great you are so thanks so much
5: take care of yourself out there regards to all see you all okay. right
1: see you soon ladies and gentlemen that is hank shankoff and here at uh, what time is it? Uh, Six forty-two. I do believe that there is a what's it called detente between Joni and Sam Bellino. Joni, Johnny you okay now? Yeah, right. I'm
2: much better. I had a glass of
1: wine. Ah, <laughs> ah there we go.
2: Thanks to Imran, so, I had a glass
1: of wine. Yeah. Imran's coming up next. He's Imran going. Is. He's, he's going inside right after this he's to talk to Kevin. He's going to be Kevin. sitting in your chair. He's. Uh, is he okay? I'll, I'll move my stuff from my desk. Um, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, the Brooklyn Nets that we dealt with last night. We got a little bit more hard news stuff that we're gonna cover. A uh, little, little passing of uh, of a sports icon so don't go anywhere and we'll have a little uh little bruce springsteen trivia for you on the on the way back sambolino lead us out buddy we'll be right back everybody What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. Sound too good to be true? Well, guess what? It's not. You can say I do with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding cruise event planning services every step of the way. Your guests will be wined and dined on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360 degree views of the manhattan skyline the atlantis of new york cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events weddings engagements and anniversary parties reunions retirement parties birthdays bar mitzvahs bat mitzvahs you name it call 212-633-1231 that's 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or just visit newyorkcruises.com using your phone should never have to be a luxury Walmart Family
2: Mobile now offers free or discounted plans for the Affordable Connectivity Program. ACP is a government program that helps eligible Americans have access to wireless service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and 8 gigabytes of high-speed data for free when you qualify. Apply now at MyFamilyMobile.com ACP. Walmart Family Mobile is supported by the Affordable Connectivity Program and Lifeline, government assistance programs. Please visit MyFamilyMobile.com slash
0: ACP for more information.
1: What are you doing this October? Come on. I know it seems like it's a long time, but time flies and it will fly between October 18th and 28th because you're going to be having fun. The time of your life, because you're going to be going to Italy with Joe Piscopo. Let me tell you about the vacation you're going to go on with Big Joe. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. Did you hear all those great places? That's the best of Rome and Sicily. Nine nights. What a trip. Enjoy wonderful food and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna. That's the most active volcano in Europe. See some actual sites used in the iconic Godfather movie. It's a trip you'll remember for the rest of your life. You'll also be treated to an intimate dinner performance by Joe Piscopo himself. He will sing, tell some jokes, just entertain you all night. Have your cameras ready for all the photos you will be taking over those nine nights and ten days. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. Call Perillo Tours at one 800 431 1515. That's 800 431 1515. You will secure your reservation to this very limited tour before it sells out October 18th to 28th, 1 800 431 1515, or go online to perillotours.com.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer.
1: with Born in the USA, his first UK number one. The singer's seventh studio album was the best-selling album of 1985 in the United States. And yes, San this is in the book. Uh, it should be. Oh yeah, Born in the USA is also Springsteen's most successful album ever. The album produced a record-tying string of seven, seven top ten singles. Now, Born to Run as an album is superior I'm going to ask uh, Sabella on that. Is Sabella here? Is Sabella here? See if he's here. Bring him in here. For a second. He's the, the Springsteen expert. Um, we did lose a, um, a, a great in the world of sports, Tim McCarver. Uh, he was a legendary Major League Baseball player, but really known as a broadcaster. Uh, he played 21 Major League Baseball seasons for the Cardinals, Phillies, Expos, and Red Sox. He was a member of the Cardinals World Series teams in the 60s. He was in the All-Star game. He played 1,909 career regular season games, batted 271 with 97 home runs and 645 RBIs. But what we really know him of, he became one of the most recognized voices in baseball as a broadcaster, serving as a color commentator for the Phillies, Mets, Yankees, Giants, and Cardinals, and calling, ready for this, 24 World Series uh, World Series for ABC, CBS, and Fox. Good guy, uh, McCarver. I really had a storied career with no um, no chinks in his armor. I do have, I do have, uh, uh, my, what'd you say? You can't say that? What, yeah. chinks in the armor?
2: Yeah, I don't think you could say that.
1: I think you can. Um, so here's the story. I have I have Mike Sabella here. He's a lawyer, but he is a, a Springsteen enthusiast. So what I just read is this. Bruce Springsteen went to number one on the UK chart with Born in the USA, his first UK number one album. The singer's seventh studio album was the best selling album of 1985 and his most successful album ever. The album produced a record tying string of seven top ten singles. So here's the question for Michael Sabella Born in the USA or Born to Run? Oh, Born to Run. Well, you could use the microphone. No. Born to Run. Okay. I mean, Born
2: in the USA is great. It's great, great songs on it. Downbound Train, Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark. Sounded like a pop song born when it in, came out, born but it's one USA. of the you know, best songs he's written and performs live. It's great. For Born to Run. I mean it's, it's Born to Go Run. Ahead. Go ahead. It's got Born to Run jungle land thunder road i mean and you, you know they're yeah, they great songs yeah. it, it's so theatrical i mean it's what launched them. even though he had those two prior you know had two prior albums but they weren't greetings commercially right and, and and nebraska and, no no uh, yeah. wild again right, it's East street easy, shuffle which is a great album great album totally not commercial no. neither was spirit i mean neither was uh, uh as greetings but but Born to Run was what so, you know.
1: Sam Bellino gave me this book, the five hundred greatest albums, right? And I think in this book, and this is why it's for by Rolling Stone magazine, but I don't want to be quoted on this, but I think they put Born in the USA before Born to Run in their ratings. Mm. And but they talk then there's a section about making Born to Run. And they said how Springsteen drove everyone crazy making that album because he knew that that album had to be perfect because he was on the cusp of am I going to be like a real famous guy or just a guy who's cutting up these albums? Because as you said, his first two albums weren't really commercial huge successes. He got his name out there, but like this was his make or break album, and all the layering. He said, I think they said there's 17 guitar tracks. On Born to Run itself.
2: Right. I mean, the production of the album wasn't like anything before it in terms of his albums. And Born to Run in particular was a song he worked on. For, I don't know, right, months, that song, months, months. Album, I mean, it was, was that song, song right. and that was before the album even became an album. That was the song there for months, and that album, that song actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was released before the album came out, so there was this sort of anticipation, I, like, oh, right, that here, this, here's this song. It also says he blew uh,
1: through the budget that, they had, oh, yeah, of, that sure. they had for the album. So, Michael, why don't you tell the folks who are listening, to give yourself some credibility, about how many times have you seen Mr. Bruce Springsteen live? Uh, like
2: sixty, give or
1: take. <laughs> wow, uh, that would be that would be six zero, not one six six
2: zero. But th- there's plenty that have seen him more than I have, but yes, i have seen oh, okay. him a good amount. Uh, you got
1: any shows coming up that you might go uh, see? Uh,
2: yeah, actually, I may be seeing him internationally for the first time. But uh, I'm I'm seeing him in 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 April here in the area, Wait,
1: no, not in Madison Square Garden. No. I'm putting I, you on the I, website. I'm putting you on the website. You I won't be able to get in. I who you are.
2: <laughs> I work for myself. Folks, I got you know, nothing to do with you. If
1: you're a lawyer suing Madison Square Garden, you can And care. I am
2: not. I am not. I am not.
1: That's it. So, Mike, um, so you
2: going to see him in the garden? Uh, no, I don't have tickets for the garden this time around. What and do you have tickets Not yet. For? Uh, UBS.
1: UBS. I haven't been I there. New arena,
2: arena, right? I saw the who there. Fantastic. Right? And, uh, and I'm going, and, I'm going and, to Prudential. And,
1: Oh, you are the rock. Yeah. I'm going to put uh, Come on, Bruce playing in Jersey? Sure, sure. So just to let people know about As in- Isabella and I, our relationship goes back almost 30 years. And how many years ago was it? 2016 when we just jumped into the car? Oh, yeah, that was 2016. So 2016, uh, we're here in the office together. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Bruce is going to play in Philadelphia. And we just go online, and the ticket prices now are dropping. They went from being crazy money, because now the, sh- the show is like, whatever, four hours away, five hours away. So people are dropping ticket prices. So, But Mike and I like to just be on the floor and just do our thing. So we get the tickets for the floor. We jump in the car here in Midtown Manhattan. We drove, and that was a great night. It was we, great. We, we got the Philly cheesesteaks. Right. Before or after a both. Well, I-
2: did we? Is that the time we went? We did like the, we got, no, no. I think it was the, the stones, stones where we did the taste test before yeah. and then went back for the late night hit. I think we probably just did the late night hit. And then uh, and then
1: when we left, we stopped somewhere for gas and we come out my old Lexus. We go in and it's absolutely dead. It's like two in the morning. Not even a click. It's not even a click. Luckily, I'm like, let me open the hood. I opened the hood and just the battery was disconnected. And Mike, well, you know what was so sweet about him? I drove there. I probably paid for the tickets. I'm driving back. He sleeps the whole time. <laughs> the whole Sam Bellino. You think? You, you think know. that you know? You take a guy. You drive him. You escort him down there. You think you, he would? He would? You know? You so got to entertain awake. the I'm driver. For, yeah, I'm, I'm not just asking him to stay awake, but but the best time that Mike and I had at the, at a Bruce concert was the day that we got the verdict. Together, in the Bridget Harris case, Bridget Harris was a young woman who was accused of murder, of killing her father. She dismembered his private part, um, but he gagged on, on a rag that she had put in his mouth to stop him from screaming. Which I
2: established through my cross-examination Which, of the medical examiner. He was
1: fantastic. Mike was fantastic. And... Uh, it, it was there was a tremendous history of, of abuse, sexual abuse and physical abuse, physical abuse by the father of our client and now friend, Bridget Harris, from when she was three years old all the way through. And Mike had two tickets to go see Springsteen, but the jury was out. And so like a couple of days before, he's like, look, whatever. If I, you know, I've seen them. I've seen them 60 times. Maybe then it was only 55 times. He's like, if I got to eat the tickets, obviously, I'm not leaving you. And around 11 o'clock in the morning, the verdict comes in, and it was very, very, very favorable for us. Mike and I took out the whole jury for drinks, and then that day, he was the good guy. He drove, and we were in the Meadowlands, right? Yes, yes, the old giant stadium. The old giant stadium, and Mike and I are on the floor, and we were so ecstatic about the outcome of this case. We could do a whole show on this. They have. uh, The Oxygen channel has. The Discovery channel has. Bridget Harris. Google it. It's all over the TV. That Mike and I were so nuts on the floor that friends of ours who were sitting up high start calling us in Texas, like, "Are oh, that you two nut jobs?" Uh, we were just we were elated, and Bruce was so fantastic.
2: Actually, after this, I'm going to see two of my DA classmates who came to that show with us. Oh, there Ed you go. Carroll, big Bruce oh, Springsteen fan, and Jason Eddie. Friedman. Yes, uh, yes. Love Jason's fan. Getting together Jason the class in '96 from oh, the DA's office and- again
1: little thunder road playing in the background thank you for adjusting there sambolino i'm very much looking forward to god willing uh this may uh mr sabella and i and some some others one who you're gonna hear right after this on on the color show we're gonna go over to italia and you know bruce if you read bruce's if you read bruce's book he makes it or watch on netflix his one-man show on broadway he makes it very clear how strongly he identifies with his Italian heritage, and he says that's where I get my musical piece from—my mother's side of the family, his mom and his aunts. Uh, he said they were always there's always music in the house, and they were always dancing. So I don't know, I didn't know, I didn't I anticipate us going on this Bruce Springsteen thing, but blame Sam because he's the one who gives me all the musical props. And Sabella happened to be here, so I had to take advantage of his greatness. Tomorrow night, we're going to have the chief of patrol of the NYPD. So if you want to hear the true crime stories of New York, tune in tomorrow night on the Arthur Idala Power Hour.
3: The
5: Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna
2: & Cammon's PC.